Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Thank you, Lord. How many of you were in church on Sunday? You see your hands? You're here on Sunday? Okay. If we're not here on Sunday, uh, how many of you were not here but you listened to the message or you followed the message? Let me see. Okay. So that means we are together. Are you believing God for the best times of your life this moment? Okay. That's amen. Looks like it hasn't woken up. Are you believing God for the best time of your life? Yes. All right. Are we in faith together? Yes, we need to be sure that we are in faith together. Are we believing God together? Yes, are we believing for increase? Yes, are we believing for favor? Yes, Praise God. Amen. Are you believing for supernatural supplies? Yes, All right. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's pray. And um, get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now, what are we looking at? What, what did we start talking about on Sunday? I didn't hear you. I thought you said you were in church on Sunday. Okay, so what, what did we talk about on Sunday? Taking the limits off what? Not my life, taking it off your life. Alright, so what did we talk about on Sunday? Praise God, that's better. Taking the limits of my life, of your life, of my life. And we said that the word limits means something that bounds, that restrains, or confines. Praise God. Something that binds, restrains, or confines. A limitation. What are some of the words that we said um, were used in the place of limits? What are some of the words we said could be used in the place of limits? Let's look at your notes. What are some of the words? I thought you said you were in church on Sunday. Confine. Sealing. Restrain. Restrain wasn't in my note, but... No? I need to be sure we're on the same page. So, let's... let's look, look at your notes. What did you write? Cap. Yeah. Sealing. Boundary. Who were those who were in church on Sunday? I thought you were in church on Sunday. What are some of the words we use for limits? Go over your notes again. You didn't write them? I'll teach Sunday message again. Some, something that bounds. Yeah, I used several words. In fact, I used 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 words. I used 10 words. That we could use to replace limits. So let's look at it again. What are some of the words? No, that was for stronghold. That was not for limit. Yeah? Uh, I use the word bound, boundary, cap, ceiling, confine, end, extent, limitation, line, and termination. Those are the ten words I used that could um, be used for the word limit. Right. Now, one of the things you, you, you need to do is, and that's why you, you primarily write in church. So when you go back home, you go over your notes, and as you meditate on it, you see, the Holy Spirit will begin to teach you, begin to instruct you from there. You, you have to learn the art of meditating on your notes. Praise God. Are you here? Okay. You have to learn the art of meditating, going back over your notes. Like, for instance, uh, you know, I have my notes here. So, you know, I was going over the note again before the service, 
And then, you know, the Lord began to put certain things in my, in my heart again regarding this that I, you know, I was quickly writing down. And that's what also happens to you. The Lord will begin to now personally teach you from the notes areas that you can apply certain things to your life. Amen. So, we said that there are certain things that causes limits in people's life or places limitations in people's life. What are some of the, what's the number one thing we talked about? Look at your notes. What are some of the, the what's the first thing we talked about? Geographical location. And we said where you are can place a limit on your mind. Praise God. Are you here? You know, the color of your skin. Have you, have you, have you been somewhere, you'll say, ah, black people, our own things, black people. You know, somehow we have associated the black color and the African descent and the African skin with what? Limitation. Praise God. I said, praise God. Have you heard people say, you know, people overseas, they use their witchcraft to build cars. We use our own to keep people. Have you heard that statement? <laughs> that white witches use their own to develop their country. Our own, we use it to fall from plantain leaves. That means their own witchcraft is okay. Ours is not. Have you heard that? So things that come as a result of geography. Then, what was the number two thing we said can cause limits on people's lives? The words of those in authority over us. And what are some of those people we mentioned? Our pastors? Who? Your parents? Your mentors? Some of you are just saying, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not hearing what you're saying. <laughs> and then... <laughs> So what are you saying? Come on, number one, pastors, your spouse, okay, mentors, parents, authority figures. When they speak words, over time, they place a limit, can place a limitation. Praise the name of the Lord. All right. Then number three, what was number three we talked about? The narrative we constantly listen to here or we imbibe to what? The media, the social media, or the what? The traditional media. Right. So you hear things constantly. You hear things constantly that sow seeds into your life. Number four. Religious perceptions that are taught as what? As what? As the commandment of God. This can place what? Limitation. You, you ought to be updating your note now if you... If you, if you praise God. This is the way I want to be teaching forward because I, I want you to get this thing. You have to get it. Amen. You have to understand it. We're going to live long together forever, so we're not in a hurry. So you get it. Praise God. Because I want to see some limits go off your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, the, number five, we talked about what? Persistent failure. This is what some people call the near success syndrome. <laughs> you know, there's a way people name causes and it's almost very nice. And, and we said, if you had failed in certain areas of your life and you have not seen progress, that can place what? A limit on your life. Now, when I look at my own life in the natural now, it's, it's not so much of a limit, but when I look at my life coming this way, you know, I discovered that I naturally place limits on my life where mathematics is concerned. Okay? Uh, I mean, just approaching anything mathematical, uh, there's a way my brain just tells me, no way. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a future there. Alright? I mean, I remember when we were doing all these long division, you know, the longer the line, the more my brain shrinks. If it's just 24 over 2, then you want to attend. Then they write two, three, four, five. You know, as it's like as the line is just going, your brain is coming backwards, coming backwards, right? But over time, I think I've said that over time, I've said that over time, I've said that over time, and unconsciously I've built that thing about, you know, mathematics, where that is concerned. So uh, if you if you don't do well in something for a long time, you subconsciously begin to accept that. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Number six. What's number six? Look at your notes. What's number six? Past experiences. Right. And we talked about who? We used the example of a man. Judges chapter 11 verse 1. What's his name? Jephthah. How was Jephthah introduced? Son of a harlot. Praise God. You know, they didn't just say Jephthah, you know, a nice guy. Right? They say Jephthah, the son of a harlot. They wanted people to, to know that his mother was a harlot. But you know, Jephthah broke that limit of his life because later Jephthah rose up that the whole nation actually came to look for him to become a leader. And that's how your life should be. It doesn't matter what your past is. The future can be great. Praise the name of the Lord. And wherever you have been despised, the Lord can raise you up and you'll be honored in that same place. You know, people try to run away from where they have had past experiences. You don't need to. All you need to do is excel and add more value to yourself. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright. Number seven. Comparing yourselves with what? Others. Okay? So when you compare yourself with others, it can place a limit on your life. Alright. So let's, let's continue. Make sure it, with, with all hope that your notes is updated. Go back and think over these things. Alright? Meditate over them. That's why you should have, um, I think I've said it before, have one note where you, that you use for your church, what we teach in church. Okay? Approach church like you approach school. Alright? Uh, I know some of you uh, that didn't come today, <laughs> you know, you grab whatever jota is closest to you on your way. So, uh, last Sunday would be on uh, Adieu Mama, I was there. <laughs> Alright? <laughs> and then Wednesday, it's for last Saturday, words, Akin Yumi. Alright? And then uh, next Sunday you come with coronation. The king at 52. So, when is it, where is your message? You are wondering, where is it? Alright? So you should have a note and build on, on, on it. Write this statement down. God places no limits on us. God places no limits on us. What, what, what that means is that if you are experiencing limitations in any area of your life, it is self-imposed. Are, are you following this? If you are experiencing limitation in any area of your life, it is self-imposed, self-caused, self-initiated, or self-accepted. Four words. Self-imposed, self-initiated, self-accepted. Is that how you impose it on yourself? You've accepted it or you initiated it? The Lord does not place any limitation on anyone. And, and, you know, like I was saying, as I was going through my notes and getting ready for this evening, that's when this came. This was not in my notes on Sunday. But the Lord gave me three scriptures that I want us to go through. And, and I want you to see something. If you go to Luke chapter 19, verse 17, you know that parable, right? The parable of what? Luke chapter 19, Bible students. Parable of what? <laughs> Don't guess. Parable of the talent. Okay. Why was the talent? Luke chapter 19, verse 17. You remember what happened in that parable? He gave them several what? Talents, right? He gave one what? Two and five and one. Luke 19, 17, he says, And he said to them, Well done, good slave, since you have been faithful in very little thing, you would have what? Authority over ten cities. Can you see that when the Lord came to him, God gave him more? Now, not just over things, but over cities. So, you see, if you actually walk with God, your life will get greater as you go. That's the picture God has in mind. God doesn't have in mind the picture of, I used to, 
I will, no, it, it's more. It's more. More responsibilities, more growth. You know, whatever the Lord, more revelation from His Word, more, whatever the Lord is giving to you, you always have to prepare for more. That's the way God sees it. If you're faithful, I put it this way, the reward for hard work in God is more work. Praise God. Are you here? That's how the Lord... So the Lord doesn't say, it's okay, it's okay, you have, you have gotten enough increase. No, He doesn't say, He doesn't think that way. Um, Genesis twenty six thirteen, Isaac... Genesis twenty six thirteen, Isaac. And the man became rich. Right? If I use the word became or become, what does that mean, the man? Or how do you see the man before? It means he wasn't, right? Yeah? Because if the man was rich, I cannot say he became. I can't say he became rich. I mean, you, if somebody is rich already, you can't say he became rich. Right? So, he became means that there was a process. You see, God is not, God is not, God is not shocked by how small we are. Alright? I mean, there's no, there's no way you are in your life right now that God says, man, this case is, ah, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. You know, God doesn't say that. You know, there are certain times they bring some cases to you. You will say, well, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Because you've just lived a very short life. God is the ancient of days. He's past, present, and future. So, God can look at your life and like, in Jamaica, wow. Have you seen this kind of thing before? And in Jamaica, like, nowhere. Even my grandfather never told me there's anybody like this. No. God can take our feet from the miry clay and set us upon the rock. He can take us from nowhere and make us leaders. Are you following what I'm saying? So your case doesn't shock God. Your case doesn't... It, it, won't, it won't run out the power surge in heaven. I mean, it's not like if God attends to you, He will lose all His resources. Stop thinking that you are a special case. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright. Now, it says, And the man became rich and continued to grow richer. And he became very wealthy. See how he was described. How many of you like this description? Okay, nobody likes that, okay. <laughs> how many of you like this description? You know, we are very funny, eh? We all want money. And then we all talk about money from the pulpits. He will say, no, I don't want money, I just want peace. I just want love. And then they shut out of the door <laughs> And it's money they are chasing But you see the Lord says He became rich, continued to grow richer And he became very wealthy And the man grew That's how God There was no limit He just kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going Listen, there is no There is no where you will get to and God will say it's okay It's the day you decide it's okay That it becomes okay you can walk as, in as much abundance as you want. Praise God. You can watch, walk in as much long life as you want. Amen. You can walk in as much revelation as you want. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> you know, the funniest prayer I've ever read in scripture is the prayer of that guy in Proverbs. That he said he doesn't want so much riches so that he won't forget God. And then he doesn't want to be too poor so that he will not go and steal. Just once. I mean, that's a very funny prayer. <laughs> but God answered him. Genesis 24.1 Now Abraham was old, advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. I like that. He has blessed him in every way. Right? Genesis 24.1 Or, some translation says, He has blessed him in all things. You see, Genesis 24.1 is one picture that I speak over my life. I, I don't want to have a life where one area is blessed and one area isn't blessed. It's not God's perfect will. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God, come on, are you here, church? God wants how many areas of your life to be blessed? Every area. Somebody say, all areas of my life? Yeah. God wants them blessed. Praise God. He doesn't want your health suffering and you've got money. And you, no, He wants you being able to take care of your needs, being able to send to the kingdom, wants you strong. Yeah, I mean, God doesn't want you to have money and then they now say you can't eat chicken. Alright? I mean, imagine 
You have all the money now. You can't eat chicken, you can't eat goat meat, you can't eat fish, you can't eat this thing. They say, well, just give him only biscuit bone, only biscuit bone, only biscuit bone, only biscuit bone. <laughs> and, and then you've got this big house, and you know, and you just watch people eating. Your, and you know, people are very funny. When the day they know that you can't eat all this, that's the day they will now cook, you know, cook things, gizzard, goat meat. Some even go buy camels, just... Food, meat, and you're just watching. You say, ah, Daddy, don't worry. It's only biscuit bowl you can eat. We thank God for life. I mean, you understand that? No, but that's not God's best for you. Praise the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody say, that's not God's best for me. God wants you, every area of your life, to be supernaturally blessed. Glory to God. Amen. And we take that. Amen. We take that. Our family blessed. Our marriage is blessed. Our children blessed. Glory to God. Our church blessed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah, so he wants every area blessed. So, how do you take the limits of your life? What do you do? What are the practical steps? Number one, so that's under God places no limits on us. We're done with that. So, those are the three scriptures to say God places no limits on you. Whatever limits you're experiencing, self-imposed, self-initiated, or self-accepted. And don't accept it. Alright? When people say, hey, this is how far you can go, don't accept it. Praise God. And if you know you're doing things that are placing limitations on your, on your life, and take them out. Don't accept it. Sometimes, listen, sometimes you have to consciously respond back to words. Right? You, you have to. You have to sometimes you have to. St- things will speak to you. You have to speak back. I talked to, to, to you about that on Friday. The law of words. Circumstances will speak to you. Sometimes you have to open your mouth and speak back and talk back. You don't cancel thoughts with thoughts. You cancel thoughts with words. When certain thoughts are in your head, don't just keep quiet. Don't say it is well in your mind. Open your mouth and say it is well. Say something. Praise God. Talk about that on Friday. Make sure you're in church. Number one, do... An honest appraisal of where you sense there are limits in your life. So do what we call honest appraisal. You look at your life honestly and say, Hey, where am I experiencing limitation? Is it my health? Is it where my finance is concerned? Is it in my body? Limits can be a persistent sickness. Limits can be... Uh, not growing spiritually. You know, you just look at that and say, where is that area? And be very honest about the area where you are experiencing limitation. Don't hide your head in the sand. Be honest with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say, God, this area of my life, hey, I think there's limits. And you know, as we get into, as we get ready to get into next year, these are messages you should take and listen to over and over and over again. And what's going to happen is, it'll help you to get ready for the year. And like I always tell you in this church, if you're getting ready for next year by January 1st, you're already late because the year has already started. Praise God. And you don't want to, you can't just quickly rewrite your life from 31st night from 11 o'clock and by January 1, you know, you're a brand new person. You, you keep working on it. You keep working on it. See, one of the things I do, and I, I think I'll talk about that when I get there. One of the things I do in getting ready for next year, I get a couple of messages I need to listen to. I get a couple of books I need to listen to, and I put myself on a strict word diet. Because I know that if I increase on my inside, the year will have no option that to respond to me. You know, and one of the things that I, I'm trusting you can get from this message is how to deal with trying to hustle your way through life. You know, there's so much external activity. There's so much bustling. And there's, there's little progress. That's not how God has designed you to live. The work needs to come from your inside and then the whole world will begin to respond to you. You know, I was thinking about this today. Um, and, and, and I think I'll talk about it over the weekend also. Like I said, all this is building to the weekend. How did Noah get all the animals, two, two of them, to get into the ark? You know, how did Noah make that happen? Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever thought about it? 
How did Noah get, get all the animals to enter the ark? Have you thought about it? That was dominion. That was dominion that God gave to him. The same dominion that Adam had. You see, God can place that thing on us and we can have dominion on the atrium and excel on the atrium. Praise the name of the Lord. Number two, pray and ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart and show you areas where you have placed limits in your life and why those limits are there. Let's have Psalm 51 verse 6. So you, you do your own search, which we call your manual search. Right? Your manual search. Let me have Psalm 50. Yeah, 51 verse 6. Okay. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden parts you will make me know wisdom. Now, take a look at that scripture. You know, uh, there was something that was wrong with, with our car. It's, it's not been fixed yet, but, you know, they're trying to work on it. Now, taking it to several mechanics, they can't find what, what, what the issue is. So, someone said, well, take it to where they can use computer to search it. All right? Now, the, the, that person's perception is that when they put that machine in the computer, the computer will be able to pick the fault that humans, right, were not able to pick. So, the first way is to manually search your life. I know if I say, where are the areas that there are limits in your life? The first one everybody will write on. What's, what's going to be number one? Eh? Money. I mean, come on, I, don't be too holy. This is a money week. Alright, come on. What is the number one thing everybody thinks there is limit right now? Money. And you know, people will just say, God, if now let this one you do, just leave the rest. <laughs> this one we handle everything. <laughs> You know, but, but, you know, sometimes that's not the main thing. Right? So you do that search, but then you ask the Holy Spirit to show you. He says, listen, I desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part you will make me know wisdom. So sometimes the limits in your life are there because of something you are not even aware of. You know, there can be limits in your life because of unforgiveness. And you don't know that unforgiveness is the source of the limit. So, but when you allow the Holy Spirit of God to set you, what, what begins to happen? He will shine light in those areas. So, pray a very simple prayer. Lord, search my heart. And by your Spirit, reveal to me areas that have placed limits on my life. Andrew Womack said, one of, one of these days, the Lord spoke to him and says, you're limiting me. I want you to take the limits of your life. And, I mean, if God tells Andrew Womack that he's limiting him, you would wonder. And then, you know, he began to make that adjustment, made some proclamations, made some declarations, and bam! He said his ministry went ten times. Ten times more than they were doing. Income went up. Infrastructure went up. People they were reaching went up. Now, only the Lord could tell him that. You can be very successful right now. And everybody around you say, hey, come on, this guy is successful. But the Lord can look at you and say, you know what? You're limiting me. Praise God. So what's number two? We pray and ask the Holy Spirit to do what? To search our hearts. To find out areas we're doing what? We've placed limits in our life and why those limits are there. They can be hearts. They can be words. They can be situations. So, there are manual searches you carry out, and then there's the Holy Spirit, what? Search on why there are limitations in your life. And how many of you know the Holy Spirit can search out things that you don't even know are there? And you've got to be open. Allow the Holy Spirit to search you. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about areas that you've placed limits on Him. Areas you place limits in your life and why those things are there. It might be out of fear. You, you might just have certain fear in your life that you haven't let go. You're just afraid. Praise God. You know, sometimes it can be words that have been spoken that are just locked deep down in your spirit. It can be encounters, experiences, situations. And the Holy Spirit will illuminate that to you and show you and you begin to make that adjustment because God wants the best for you. God wants the best for you. And that's how we can walk in the best. Number three, 
get the word of God in that area of concern. Get the word of God in that area of concern and take, this is very important, the time and effort to meditate on that passage of scripture. Take the time and effort to meditate on that passage of scripture. Now, this is where the main thing is about this message. When the Holy Spirit has identified, when the Holy Spirit has shown you the area, or you found out the area where you are limiting God, the thing you need to do is now, you need to pick a scripture now, because what you're, going, what you're doing is right now, that limitation is on your inside. Right? That limitation is a picture on your inside. Uh, how do I explain this now? So, you have to take a counter picture. What you're, going to, what you're trying to do now is to replace the image you have in your heart. Replace the image you have on your inside. Because once that image is replaced, then it's possible to walk in an area of no limits. If you see yourself poor, if you see yourself poor, you see yourself, you are always needing help and all of that. If you see yourself that way, there's a way you conduct yourself. There's a way you would carry yourself. Do you understand that? You, you would, there's a way you would just carry yourself. But if you see yourself prosperous, and you really see yourself that way, okay, there's also a way you carry yourself. That carriage is going to be from the inside. You would even look for ways to give. You would look for ways to be of a blessing. Why, if you see yourself that, you know, the world owes you, more people owe you, you would always look for a way to grab. You would look for a way to get. You would, are you, are, you, are you following that now? That image needs to change. That image needs to change. Uh, I watched a Nigerian movie long, long, very long time ago. Um, so they brought this girl from the village. You know how your people act these things. So they brought this girl from the village. Then she came into a rich guy's house, you know. And um, when they are eating, they would tell her to come and eat on the dining table. She would, you know, start out on the dining table very sheepishly, you know, and slide down and slide down. And before you know, her food, you know, was down. She, before you know, she would go and eat in the kitchen. There was nothing they did to her that, you know, made her comfortable to eat in the dining table. They went and bought clothes for her. She felt, ah, no, these clothes are so expensive. On Sunday, she would iron all the clothes, iron them, put them in the wardrobe, still wear. You know, so at a point, the man now said something. You see what? He said, we've tried to help you. He says, but the village keeps calling you to come, to come, to come. So they sent the girl back to the village. Now, this is what I'm trying to say. That's how the picture of some of our life is. God releases grace. God releases blessing. But on the inside of us, the village keeps calling us to come. The village keeps calling us to come. We don't talk like royal priesthood. We don't expect like royal priesthood. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even the sicknesses on your body, you have taken them as yours. So when you go and say, you know, this is my sickness. This is my ulcer. You know, these, you know, you go to the chemist. I say, I say we're here again. You say, you know, every month will they come. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 you. It's, it's almost like it's part of your life. You've accepted it. And so the healing power of God comes and it hits that acceptance. It hits that limitation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're not detached from it. When you see your life, it's more like the woman with the issue of blood. Your name is detached from the situation. The situation has replaced your name. So her name wasn't Elizabeth. Her name wasn't, wasn't Jane. Her name wasn't, you know, whatever. Was a woman with the issue of blood. You understand that? So you've got to work on that image. Listen, what I'm te teaching you tonight is the most powerful secret you would ever learn on making progress in your life. That image, sir, does not change in one night. That is where people don't want to put the effort. I'll tell you something that I've decided to do. I mean, preparing for next year, right? From. <clears throat> From October 1st to December 31st, about 90 days. In the last one week, I've selected three sets of 90 messages. Three sets of 90 messages that I'll listen to every day from October 1st to December 31st. What I, why am I doing that? I'm working 
in my mind. I'm working on the things in my spirit so that the things that God has shown me for next year, my spirit is enlarged to associate, to, to receive them. That, in, listen to me, that intentional adjusting of that image does not come by the laying on of hands. It is the labor to enter into the rest. That is where people don't want to engage. So you know that you are, and that's why, I, I mean, I say this with all the humility I can muster in this world. When it comes to the subject of divine provisions for life and ministry, I am not bothered one bit. Drop me anywhere in this world to do God's work. As far as God sent me there, the resources will look for me. It took time. I meditated on scriptures. It changed my insight. If a millionaire sins in front of me, it won't change what I preach. If somebody who doesn't have sins in front of me, it won't change what I preach. Praise God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what's that area? It can be your health. It can be, you know, any area of your life. You take a scripture. Now, let, let me give you three scriptures quickly. Number one, John 6, 33. John 6, 33. It says, The words that I speak, they are spirit and life. I'll talk about this a lot over the weekend. Make sure you're not in the conference. The words that I speak are spirit and life. So, when you get the words of Jesus, right? What's happening now? You are infusing that spirit and that life into you that will take off that limit. So, I'll give you an example. When, when Jesus told Peter... Cast your net on the right side. What happened? He casted the net on the right side. And what happened? Fishes came to the net and there was a great catch of fish. So what brought those fishes was what? The word. Are you here? Right? So he gave Peter the word. Now remember, Peter was toiling in that place all night. So if, if, you, if you catch fish all night and you don't catch any fish, you know that you are no lazy man. So you see that, that that harvest there did not respond to hustle. It, and I don't like, I've said it before, don't use that word for what you do. I, I, I don't like it. Don't use it. It's not, not like this, but don't, don't uh, you know, this is my hustle, uh, hustling nowhere. <laughs> Why now? <laughs> it's, it, it take that image of, speak dominion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The scripture says, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So, you have a scripture for that already. You don't need a new revelation. Take that scripture. Infuse it in your heart until you see that that pure water business you are selling, you can build a house from it. You see it that way. You see, this gospel we are preaching, this Bible we are preaching, there is nothing in this world that God wants us to do that we will not do just by preaching the gospel. If we don't need to sell tomatoes in the morning and preach in the evening. It, you don't need to do that. He that preaches the gospel will live by the gospel. Go into the world and preach the gospel. I mean, there are scriptures there. There are scriptures there. You used to undergird whatever the Lord has given to you. So, you need to see yourself. You don't need to see that pure business as a stepping stone to something. You see, immediately you're seeing whatever you're doing as a stepping stone to something. You already placed a limit on that thing that it cannot take you to the next level. So he said, yeah, 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 we're just managing to sell clothes. So what, what do we do? One day light will shine on us. What you have just said is that this selling of cloth is not taking me anywhere until that day that the light will shine on us. That's what you have said. So no matter how you pray, there are limits that business will never get to. Because in your mind, you can't buy a car from that business. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why a lot of people not married? Yeah, we don't have money. Yeah, just we don't have money. Because their images to get married, I need to have millions in their accounts to be. And those same people will not stay by themselves. They have girlfriends that they are buying for, for recharge. And when you check the cost, you check the cost and you ask yourself, what is different from marriage? What is the difference? There's nothing. There is absolute. There are people who are married. They have not paid back price. They say money no deal. Ah, yeah. Once more, we are not playing now. We are not playing. Six children. They are not playing, and they are serious about that. The children are going to school. They are feeding. It's been ten years. What does the man say? 
There's no money to pay bride price. Sir, taking care of four children for ten years, and the bride price you were asked, which one is higher? But in his mind, there is a limit. That this marriage, we have to close the streets. We have to, we, God has to attend. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now listen, listen to what I'm saying. Now, what I'm saying is that because the man thinks that way, there is no money that is ever enough to, to get that done. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, there are people I have called. And I say, why have you not done this? Ah, sir. <laughs> ah, the way it's in your mind, that's how it has been in our mind. How can it be in my mind? It's not my wife. <laughs> you understand that? And then I just sit them down. Now listen, I just sit them down. I say, listen, listen, guy, I'm your pastor. You need to get this done. And, I, and in a space of six months, one year, they get it done. Listen, no financial assistance. What happened? Information that took the limits off. They now saw the possibility that I can do this thing. Because being an authority over their life, instead of speaking limits, I took the limits off. And they got it done. It's the same thing. I'm just using that as an example. It's the same thing with any area of your life. Where you need healing right now, you take the limits off and the healing power of God will go there. Praise God. Are you hearing this now? Come on, I said, are you hearing this now? So, the, the words of Jesus are spirit and life. So they will infuse life into that area. Listen, this thing is deliberate. I'm not, this is not guesswork. You take an area of your life and you infuse the word. You, you infuse the word. There's a scripture God gave to us to pray, in, in, and I've been praying about it, Acts chapter 16, how the heart of Lydia was opened and the message of Paul was received. And that's the one scripture I've been praying over our messages. Over, and I can't tell you this year how our messages have been received. Nothing extra being done, but the spirit and life of that verse have been infused into it. Saints, that's how a child of God excels. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Other people do other things to go forward. You can't do what they are doing. Why don't you do what you are supposed to do? Okay, people are serving. You are, I cannot join culto. I cannot join culto. I cannot, I cannot say, abuse myself because I want money. You cannot. The one they say you should do, you also cannot do it. So what do you want? Huh? The sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Learning to thank God every day of your life. You can't offer that sacrifice. Okay, go and kill cow now. You say you don't have money to kill cow. How do you want to go forward without sacrifice? Just to lift your hands and say, Father, thank you. It's difficult. You are happy in the morning, sad in the afternoon, happy, two minutes past two, sad. You know, there's people like that. All you just pray for in their life is let's meet them in their happy moment. Because every time it's encouragement. You know, depression is actually lack of faith. It's, it's, it can be a bit tough, but that's the truth. And if you go about all these things you are seeing on social media, you know, yeah, if you are depressed, it's okay once in a while. We have all gone through COVID. If you are depressed now, I don't judge you. We can be sad for one month. I respect your sadness. You know, just give yourself therapy. Stand in front of the mirror, breathe seven times. Ooh, I can be sad. I can be sad. Ooh, I can be sad. Ooh, I can be sad. It's okay. We respect you. We re- I mean, demons will feast on your life. Cast that thing out. David says, I said to my soul, why art thou downcast? Hope thou in God. When you find that thing setting on your shoulders, you stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, the future is bright. And cast that devil out. Oh, my mental mind, we have just been stressed. Were you the only one that was locked down? <laughs> say, my mental well-being, my mental well-being. Go into the world. You have the mind of Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Stop respecting your brain. Respect the mind of Christ. If your brain is not functioning in the mind of Christ, take that thought captive. Any thought that tells you you don't have a future, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Your life is shining brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The greater one is on the inside of you. You are a victor, not a victim. You are not your past. You are getting into your future. That's how a child of God responds. Not staying in the mirror and breathe inside, breathe outside, breathe inside, breathe out. What is wrong with you? 
Are you going to gain victory over demons that way? Did Jesus go to the cross so you can breathe in and breathe out? When I say believers getting into all of these things where we are doing yoga, we are doing, we are inhaling, we are inhaling, we are inhaling, we are inhaling. If you want to keep fit, go and keep fit. But that's not how to cast out demons. You don't allow depression in your soul. Listen, if the devil has a chance, he will kill you. Don't joke with this thing. Before you know, nothing makes you happy anymore. They serve you food, you're angry. They all like you're angry. Anything, you, know, any, you see, when that thing begins to fit on you, anything good gets you angry. You see people happy, say, why, why is everybody laughing? Can they not keep their smile to themselves? I mean, you trust everything begins to irritate you. And that's why, you see, sometimes when people commit suicide, it's not one day. It's the devil fusing things in their mind. And one time, they'll just look and say, What's, why, why, why life? Anything that anybody committed suicide over, listen to me, anything in this world that anybody committed suicide over, there is somebody in this world who has over, overcome that same thing. But why the difference? One said, I don't think there's hope. I mean, I mean, there are people who went to die because a girl left them. Yeah, you, you, hear that, you hear those stories, like, oh, I broke my heart, ah, you, you, and then they went to go and drink whatever they drank. And there are people that, if they show you their heart. <laughs> you understand? Know I mean, one person broke your heart into two. At least, if we take a big cell tape and run it across, we can imagine. If they show you some people's hearts, it's only God that can mend. That's why Jesus said he was sent to heal the brokenhearted. That scripture is for them. The heart has been broken into pieces. You look at it and you're like, is this heart or what? It's like a chattered glass. And those guys are going. And they will have a good life. They would, I mean, they would have a good marriage. They will joke about their past. How do you know your past is still holding on to you? When you think about it and sorrow still comes, you have not overcome it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Paul could stand before the people he killed in the synagogue and say, I've wronged no man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> That's when you know that you are now the image on your inside is not the image of your past. Glory to God. Alright, so, another scripture. <laughs> are, are you learning something? Then, that passage must burn in our hearts to engrave a new image. Luke chapter 24 verse 32. Luke 24, 32. It says, when he spoke to us, did our hearts not burn within us? That burning is what David refers to as meditation. You know, there's an area of church growth. We've got vision. 500 we're working towards. You know, but I mean, I really not made it public. I really not talked about it so much in church. You know what I'm doing? I am, first of all, as the leader, infusing that vision in my spirit. I'm meditating through growth scriptures. One of the things I asked secretary to print for me was the church growth numbers in the book of Acts. So I printed, I've gone through the book of Acts. How did the church grow? What was the numbers? I'm meditating on that scripture. What am I doing? I'm changing the inside. It's labor. Listen, this thing is labor. Let's pay the price for it. It will produce the fruits. Brother Higgins said, there was a guy, a woman. The son was a massive drug, drug addict. Massive. So go out, parties, everything. The woman we complain. The woman we pray. The woman we complain. On the brother again say, you know what? Hold a confession of faith. I'll talk about that when I when I teach you on, on, on weekend. Hold a confession of faith and be consistent with it. The ma- the woman kept that and kept that and kept that. You see, that confession bettered love in him for that guy. And at a point when the child comes in, that feeling of animosity, hurt, and everything was no longer there. I mean, it didn't take long. Yeah, I got born again. Once you hold that confession of faith and that image in your heart, you are where the devil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like you're trusting God for a child, right? You're believing God for a child. You need to hold that image in your heart, right? And how do you know that that image has? been engraved. We're talking about if that image has burned in your heart. How do you know it has burned in your heart? Is when you see your mentally flow, you are no you are not crying. 
Because you know when you're trusting God for a child, that's the one thing you don't want to see. And you see the oh, 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 again. And then the next one. Right? How do you, let me use church growth. How do you know that image is born in your heart? When you come and you see 10 people in front of you, you know, oh, wow, visual 500, 10 minus 500, 450. <laughs> just that's what I'm saying. Just Is it you? So, what, listen now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, what is happening now is that the reality of the 10 people on the outside is stronger than the reality of the 500 people God has given you on the outside, on the inside. You understand that? Now, the process is. You are now to make that image on the inside stronger than what is on the outside. And once you get that, you have gotten the victory. Are you following what I'm saying? So, your life will go up, down, up. You know, I told the people in church, I told my office staff, I said, don't be sending me attendance anymore. They thought it was an administrative policy. No, it's for my own heart. You understand? Because now I'm holding the image. Mission 500. This church will be full. Two services. Then they send me. First service, 52. <laughs> Say, don't worry, we still have second service to grow. The second service is 72. <sighs> you now have 52 plus 72. Minus five. We have a long way to go. And then you are happy. Then the next Sunday, rain now falls. First service 42. Second service. <laughs> are we going up or we are coming down? Do you understand what I'm saying? And then it's, so you, and, and you, do, you have to do that. You have to do that. That that thing which causes you to make that external image strong in your heart, you need to build a barricade in your heart. And that's why the first answer to your prayer that God gives to you is peace. He says he will guard your heart with the peace that passes understanding. That means that people don't understand why in that battle you are rejoicing. You should be sad. You should be... Do you understand? I mean, but what you have seen on your inside is that you are a landlord. So, you have the rejoicing of a landlord inside a bachelor house. And there's peace. It's not that you're content with that situation, but God has granted you peace that guards your heart. So, nothing from the outside is able to enter anymore. That's how you take off the limits. So, in any area you have been able to find peace, that nothing on the outside is shaking you again, you have gotten that victory. It's a matter of time the victory will manifest. Listen, we, when we had uh, our son, Karis, then we had a miscarriage, and then we wanted to have Zara. It took us some time. Because at the point, you know, we got into anxiety and everything. And then we just sat down and said, yeah, listen, no. This way we are going. Anxiety is not, it's not the gift of God. We have to sit back again and look into scriptures. And you know, and just do that again. Because these things have no respect for whether you are a pastor or not. Yeah. Are you following this? When we had carries, doctors told us we had that there was fibroid and all this thing, and then gave us all the reports. You know, and I, you know, some people are following. It's not my, it's not my child, it's not my stomach. I don't have fibroid. No, that's not it. That's not, you, you don't fight the doctor. The doctor just showed you what he saw. Do you understand? What I'm saying the doctor is not your problem because sometimes you now go and then you are just rude to people. And that's why sometimes when Christians go to hospital, they don't like to tell us now what is wrong. Because, you know, when he says, ah, it's, I think it's okay, I think it's fine, I think it's okay. Yeah, because then you go and say, ah, yeah, it's not my fibroid, it's your fibroid, it's your fibroid. Papa says it's yours. No, don't do that now. You are just being rude. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't need to, it's not your problem. Whatever I saw in your body, that's what he showed you, right? You take that now and then... We took that, we took scriptures, took healing scriptures, began to pray, began to pray, began to speak the word, began. And then that's how we overcame that situation. In fact, in the first place, we just started ministry. When he told us, however, the surgery we cost, there was no way we would have that money. In fact, the money probably that, the, the, the money that we would need for surgery, if you add both of our accounts together, it hasn't passed, that kind of money hasn't passed through. That it was just maybe they mistakenly deposited their lot, somebody paid it. It hasn't gone through. So, number one, we didn't have the money to go. Then number two, we don't ask. We have made a covenant with God, we won't ask stuff for our personal needs. So, we, I mean, we, so there was no way. We had to resort to the word. We had to resort to the word. Right? I mean, this is how we grew to where we are. First time we had, we, I mean, we had a son, carries. We didn't have enough money to go and buy all the things listed in the medical, whatever, that small paper they give you for death. We didn't have, all, we didn't have the money to buy all of those things. 
We took that list before the Lord, went before the Lord, began to pray about it, began to pray about it, trust God. And then one day we were in church, and one woman called us, I can't forget that, Sister Flora, and gave us a Ghana go. And everything we needed for the childbirth was in that Ghana go. How do we get our house filled? Deuteronomy, you will fill your house with all good things which you did not buy. That is the scripture we have been praying for 13 years. And every single thing we have till today in our homes was not bought. Except maybe for a few things. You will fill your house with all good things which you did not buy. When we're coming into this town, we listed everything we needed. We used that scripture to build an image in our heart. And we're giving stuff out. So we're not looking to collecting. We're giving stuff out. We're giving stuff out. We're giving stuff out. Are you following what I'm saying? This thing takes work. You have to put on the work. Nobody can do it for you. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Are you here? Number four. What took Peter toil, what, what, what took Peter a long time to get through toil was a word from God. Get into season of prayers, study, and meditation, and receive a word from God about that situation. So, if something is persistent, take out time. Go before the Lord. Let God give you a word, a specific word. This is not now taking scriptures to build an image. This is God now giving you a word. Okay? About that situation. So it's like a rema word, a revealed word. God speaks to you about that situation. Says, listen, this thing is settled. You hold on to that. Praise the name of the Lord. What took Peter toil all night was a, what took Peter from toiling all night was a word from God. Get into a season of prayers, study and meditation, and receive a word from the Lord about that situation. Luke chapter five verse four. You can put that up. If you want to constantly experience increase, do this on a consistent basis. Separate yourself unto the Lord. Pray fast. God will begin to give you certain words, specific words in your life. When you are finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Man, <laughs> all, the, all the fishes in the river were looking for Peter's nets. I'm telling you, because the master has given a commandment. And that's going to happen to you in the name of Jesus. The Lord is going to speak a word over your life and the favor of God is going to come upon you. You are going to find favor with God and with men. In the mighty name of Jesus. Some of you get ready for unusual surprises, unusual gifts. Glory to God. Glory to God. Unusual gifts. Glory to God. In the areas where you have been toiling, the Lord is about to give you a word. And it will open up in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Number five, keep that word in your eyes and on your lips. That is the labor to enter into rest. Keep it in your eyes, for your eyes, hmm? and on your lips. Keep that word. You labor to enter the rest. You labor in meditation. You labor in prayers. You labor in confession. Hmm. You labor in confession. You labor in meditation. Hebrews 4.11 You labor. You labor. You keep that word before your eyes and your heart. Praise the name of the Lord. You keep it. You keep it. This is what God told me. This is what God told me. Without wavering and without doubting. Would there be instances, if doubts come, quickly repent. Get into faith again. Are you hearing what I'm saying? On this journey, you will falter. But get back in. Get back in quickly. Oh Lord, ah, I'm sorry about that. I shouldn't say that. Get back in. I confess. Ah, get back in. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you blessed tonight? Glory to God. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you. We pray that you would cause these words to be engraved in our hearts in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I know that lives will be changed. Life should be transformed. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email 
info at pastormax.ng or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.